Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers lose in a shootout, 3-2 to the Coyotes. Let's go live to Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. We, we've got to somehow get a lead and make them chase us. That's when we're at our best. Uh, Sekou returned from, a line, uh, from injury. How did you feel he performed tonight? I thought until the third period he was fine. You know, he got a little bit, he got, he got stuck in the corner a little bit a couple times, but... Overall, he's a smart player. He's going to help us. So kind of all hands on deck. And I thought in the first and third period, our defense as a group played very, very well. We got stuck on our heel, heels in the, in the second period. But first and third period, I thought we, we were up on the attack. And, and especially in the third period, we kept a lot of pucks alive. Ken, right now, you know, it's tough, obviously, for this group to, to get any goals. Defensively, you haven't given up a whole bunch in your last four games. Uh, you just feel right now that that's how you're going to have to win. Uh, there's, I don't know, snake bitten's part of it, but like Alex Jason tonight had a wide open end. I'm not sure he could have missed that end if he tried, but it just, that's kind of seems how it's going offensively for your group outside of Dry Settle, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins. Well, I don't think it is how it's going. It is what it is. And we, we've, got to, we've got to go into every game thinking that two gets us points. And if that's our attitude, then we'll keep it close to the, the vest and we'll be in good shape. But um, we're at a di- distinct disadvantage if the game opens up. So we're grinding. We're, we're working. We're grinding. But to me, when we get to two, we gotta, we got to know we're going to get points in games like that. In all your coaching experiences, is there ways to, to squeeze more odd offense? Like you can't expect guys to suddenly be top six production type of players but how can you get more just from guys chipping in here and there well i think the first mistake you make is talk about scoring goals to me the difference between our second period and our third period we played really well as a five-man unit and kept a lot of pucks alive in the offensive zone that gave us way more chances to score goals but when you start talking about that that's when the cheating comes in and that's when guys, anything that's 50-50, they're on the wrong side of pucks. Now you're turning games into 6-2, 7-2 losses. We were guilty of that before. And to me, when we play as a five-man unit, we can create enough offensive opportunities for pucks to go in. And that's what we did. But we, we're not a team that's other than one line that's going to do a lot of damage off the rush. We're going to have to grind. And... You can't grind with just three forwards. You need all five. And we did a very, very good job of that in the third period. And do you expect Connor to be just a a one and done as far as the illness? You're hoping he'll be back Thursday? I don't know. You know, it kind of hit quick. And 
I don't know. I where hopefully he shows up tomorrow and he's feeling a lot better, but we'll see here in the next 24 hours. We obviously miss him, and um, you know it, it was a kind of a shock to everybody's system. I thought the guys responded in the first period, did a good job, but uh, you know we need him back. Okay, thanks. All right, that's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. The Oilers fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Coyotes. Those comments courtesy of GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. So the update there on Connor McDavid, we will see how his illness goes over the next 24 hours. The Oilers play in about 45 hours against the New York Islanders. We're live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. So the Oilers now winless in five overall, winless in six on home ice. They are six points out of a playoff spot with almost everybody to climb over. We'll talk about that as we move along tonight. But a lot of storylines from this game. I actually want to start near the end with Nugent Hopkins tying goal with 11 seconds left. For the third time this season, the Oilers tie a game with their goalie on the bench. They won the other two in shootouts against St. Louis and Vancouver, or, uh, against St. Louis and Florida. Can't uh, quite get the two points tonight, but tell me about Nugent Hopkins tying goal, because he actually got it in I think on the second or third whack. Well, it starts with a, a bad decision by I believe it was Richardson uh, of Arizona. The puck comes out, a rebound, Richardson gets it. Instead of just icing the pucks, they would have almost run the clock out he takes it back towards his own and he wants to pinch it against the boards never do that all you're doing is keeping the puck in your own zone the puck comes around it goes back to Darnell Nurse he keeps it and he makes a nice play to, to Leon and here's where the mistakes got compounded by Arizona Leon has the puck on, on the boards I don't know if there's a better player in the league at making a play with time and space because he's an incredible passer. Ekman Larson was coming at Leon and then backed up. That allowed Leon to survey the entire ice and find out what was the best option. And he made an absolute bullet pass to Nugent Hopkins' back door. Uh, Nugent Hopkins being a lefty can't one time. It puts one shot on net. And then with a man draped on him, he's able to get his own rebound and put it in the back of the net. Uh, he just felt it was coming. The Oilers, in the last five to seven minutes, just went shift after shift after shift. Pucks on it. And this is what you like about what the Oilers are doing. Pucks on net. They just kept throwing it, and they had bodies in front of the net. It was a workmanlike type comeback. Um, I know that we wish there was a second point to go with the point that they got. But I think you saw again tonight, the, the Oilers stars, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, excellent. And then the... the Soldiers, as you may want to call them, the, 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 the third, fourth line dudes, they did their job. They, they got pucks in deep. They, they were physical. They, they kept momentum going in the right direction. And on the back end, Koskinen, excellent in net tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I thought Koskinen had a pretty good game. The shot total in favor of Edmonton, which it did not look like it was going to be after the second period. Edmonton sh out shooting Arizona 37-35. The first period was scoreless. Arizona outshoots the Oilers 16-7 in the second period and, and got the goal from Archibald to go ahead. And, and that period was ugly. It was, and it, it, Arizona left a couple goals on the uh, out there in the second period. They hit a post, they had a couple of wide open opportunities. There were some breakdowns in the Oilers' defensive zone that allowed Arizona Coyotes to walk in all by themselves. They weren't able to capitalize. And, and if you let a team hang around, and Arizona let the Oilers hang around going into the third period, they were only one shot down. Uh, it gave the Oilers life in the dressing. They knew that they didn't have a good second period. They knew that they needed to be better, and the fact that they were only down one, 
they, they had some confidence going into the third. Now, you were a little worried when the Oilers didn't capitalize on their five-on-three. Uh, I, I, I think I've got some questions about the way they had set up. I think Sam Gagne, he was back door, but he was standing 15 feet away from the net. And his feet were below, below the, the goal line. line. Yeah. You never never have your feet below the goal line if you are waiting to shoot Unless score you're Mario. <laughs> Unless you're well, Mario, you can put his feet wherever he wants. I mean, and he's got a nine-foot reach, so he can score from there. Uh, they wasted that opportunity, and obviously Arizona, when that happened, they, they got momentum. They came out and got the next goal. But the Oilers kept on going, so hopefully this is something that can propel them forward because Arizona is Arizona. They're one of the eight teams, it seems like, that's battling for a playoff spot. The Islanders are a different type of hockey club. They're a much better hockey club, and that's who the Oilers face next. So, yeah, those shots in the second period again, 16-7 Coyotes in the third period in overtime. Edmonton with a 22-10 advantage in shots on goal, including 7-2 in overtime, though... Both the Coyote shots were, well, I mean, pretty much all shot, all nine shots in overtime were dangerous. Nurse took the puck to the net. Colby Cave had a mm-hmm. partial breakaway. I was I, I was sitting there thinking, okay, who's going to be the third or fourth wave if they need to go that deep in overtime? And, and Colby Cave got thrown out there with Sam Gagne. Well, normally, if for Hitch on the bench, he's got Nugent Hopkins and Drysdale that play three minutes, three minutes and 20 seconds of every overtime. So you really never get to see anyone else. And all of a sudden you got Cave out there, you got Gagne out on the ice, Chase on out on the ice, some guys that don't normally get the opportunities, yet the Oilers were able to continue to, to push forward. And the one thing that you liked seeing was seeing Sakura back out on the three-on-three. The three. When, when he was healthy... He was as good as anyone that the Oilers have had on the back end for a long, long time. He was the guy that usually would start for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, so they had their opportunities to win this hockey game in, in overtime. But you got to give Kemper credit. He was very, very good tonight. And what I loved about him in overtime, too, every time the Oilers thought there was going to be a whistle, they make a play on net, he stops the yeah. puck. He kept it on going, and the, the Oilers almost got a couple times caught that because of that. But uh, it, a game that through 40 minutes was probably a little humdrum got pretty exciting for the final 30. Kemper now 7-1-2 and two in his career against the Oilers. Andre Secker's return is our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Secker plays 17-33, not credited with any shots. One hit, three giveaways, and one takeaway. He was minus one. I thought from him at times, and seeing him again... I was like, yep, that's Andre Secker. He has the ability to make mm-hmm. passes, both little short ones and sometimes a, a long-range range one that a lot of other defensemen don't make or they don't see the lane or he delays and can hold the puck and allow somebody to get open. I don't think he did it as, as much as he did when he was fully healthy a couple of years ago, but I thought I saw flashes of that player. Yeah, well, I, I, I think you got to like what you saw out of him tonight considering what we saw when he came back from injury last time. Uh, he, he looked uh, more at ease out there. He looked like he had confidence. He wasn't fighting the puck. Uh, he, he's going to get better. And if, if you have a, an Andre Sacra in your third pairing, that's a pretty good third pairing, considering two years ago he was the Oilers' best defenseman. So uh, I, I thought it was a step in the right direction. If the Oilers are going to make a playoff run. If the if the faint hope of them making the playoffs comes true, it's going to have to be winning games like this. 3-2, 2-1 and to do that you got to have good defensive play. Sekra makes them a better defensive hockey club. 
Let's check the scoreboard tonight. Busy night in the NHL, courtesy of Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. We had the Predators knock off the Stars 5-3. The Ducks shut out the Wild 4-0. So the Wild, like the Oilers, just one win in the last uh, three weeks. The Blues win their 11th in a row, 3-2 over the Maple Leafs. The Canadians knock off the Blue Jackets, 3-2. Hopefully, Artemi Panarin had an extra pair of pants on the road trip. <laughs> Rangers beat the Hurricanes, 2-1. Lightning get past the Flyers, 5-2. Penguins shade the Devils, 4-3. And the Panthers down the Sabres, 4-2. The playoff situation with 23 games left is not good for the Oilers, but here is the Western Conference Turtle Derby. Minnesota has the final playoff spot with 60 points. Colorado, Arizona, Chicago, and Vancouver all have 59. Anaheim has 57, Edmonton has 54, and Los Angeles has 52. Anaheim is on pace, pardon me, Minnesota is on pace for 82 points. Colorado is on pace for 82 points. They're both 500. I, I'm not sure Minnesota can get there. I mean, they're limping, and they're limping bad. And I watched part of that game tonight. Uh, Devin Dubnik let a couple soft ones in. I mean, the, the teams right now to watch are, are Arizona plays a very good hockey team, or a very good hockey style of play. Rick Taka's got them playing. The Chicago Blackhawks, all of a sudden there's excitement for a Taves and a Kane and a Keith. And they're a team that no one thought had an opportunity to make the playoffs. Now they see they got light at the end of the tunnel. They're going to be a team that pushes. And, and the other one, now you got to start looking at Anaheim. It's, they got a jump start. They fired their coach. Uh, they're getting healthier. And I watched them play against Minnesota tonight. They're, they're big players are now scoring goals. Perry with a big goal tonight. Silverberg with another goal. It, it's going to be interesting. The, the problem for the Oilers isn't just catching Minnesota is these teams are now going to start playing against each other and when yeah. they play each other that means one of them is getting points no matter what so the Oilers have to go on a run they can't wait for teams just to completely fall off the Oilers do need a run and again wins in their last 10 games Minnesota 1 Colorado 2 Arizona 4 Chicago has 8 Vancouver 3 Anaheim 3 Edmonton 1 and Los Angeles 4 I mean, I, Chicago is a team, and, and Jack Michaels and I talked about it tonight before the game. Uh, at one point, I mean, nobody, and you, you and I talked about it the other day, no one thought Chicago was going to be making a push. Everyone, they're too old, the goaltending issues, I mean, there's so many different things. But of all the teams that are racing for a playoff spot right now, that's a team that actually knows what it's like to be in the playoffs. They've been in important games, and they got four stars in Kane, Taves, um, and who are the two on the back end of the Keith and what's the other guy in the Seabrook. back? Seabrook. They got some excitement in their game again. They're feeling good about themselves. They can score goals. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and look for a goaltender at the deadline because what they got right now, they had to score eight the other night to win and they barely won 8-7. But the Chicago Blackhawks are playing very good hockey right now and they've got excitement in their game. That's another team you got to watch out for. All right, 3-2 Arizona beating Edmonton in a shootout. The Coyotes coach, courtesy of BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's Rick Tockett. Rick, that's uh, two the hard way, but two you had to have, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we worked hard tonight. You know, we... Could have been about five nothing after a second, but um, give Edmonton credit; they stuck with it. How did you not collapse after that late goal? What is it about your team that allowed you to pick yourselves back up and find a way to get the extra one? Well, you know, everybody took a breath. I mean, obviously we were down a bit, but you know, like I said, it was just a 
you know, takes a couple of guys to just get, you know, a couple of guys are chirping, let's go, let's go. You know, they had a couple of chances, we had a couple of chances, and obviously goes to the shootout. You were always looking for guys to, quote, make plays. Vinny Hinnestros have made some plays tonight, didn't he? What was, what was he like out there? Yeah, Vinny, that line was good. Uh, Kempe had a lot of chances. Vinny had uh, obviously scored his chance, and Richie was good. That, that line was excellent tonight. Stepp's line was good, too, I thought. Uh, Archie got another goal. You know, that, those two lines have really... They've done a hell of a job for us. You know, they're, we're asking them to shut down other lines, and they're, and they're, and they're contributing offensively. And your PK was huge yeah. tonight. That five on three wasn't it? Five on three was huge. Obviously, you know, it's uh, they had you know they had a, what a, a full minute and thirty 15. with it, yeah, fifteen. So it was a it was a big kill. Penalty kill has been big all year. Well, their penalty kill is number one in the National Hockey League, and it was uh, big tonight. Uh, Edmonton 0 for 3 on the power play, Arizona 0 for 4. I thought Edmonton's penalty kill had a pretty good night as well. Rick Tockett's team gets the win 3-2 in a shootout over the Oilers. Whenever Edmonton gets to five or more in a game, it's been tough getting beyond two lately, but five or more means the goal light goes on on 630Ched.com, courtesy Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, downtown, north side in Sherwood Park. You'll be able to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Robert standing by. Hi, Robert. Thanks, how's it going? Good. Well, I mean, I think uh, I know one thing I noticed tonight, the, the last half of the game the Oilers played, with uh, they played with a lot more desperation than 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 they played even the even the last five games. But I mean, I think I I, I think if they play if they, if they played with with this kind of desperation with uh, with Connor in the lineup, I think they I think they might be in a slight in a in a in a slightly better position standings wise as far as their, their chances of uh, uh, making the playoffs go. Well, and I think, too, we point to a lot of the lost nights on home ice. They're 2-11-1 now in their last 14 home games, and a lot of those weren't close. Nope. Or they got out of hand quickly. They had a lead against Chicago, and then it just evaporated. Well, and and again, I mean, we've been looking at glass half full, the fact that they got a point, they had a big comeback, they did it without Connor, but if you want to look at the other side, I mean, it's a huge missed opportunity on home ice against a team playing the second and back-to-back games and a a team that you're chasing and must beat, and you barely got the point. So I know that it feels better the way that they accomplished the the, the one point they got coming back late in the game and really pushing the pace, but it's still an opportunity missed. I mean, people talk they had to get four to six points on the last road trip they got zero then okay it's got to be for sure six points on this homestand well they're already one point short of that having said all of that if we want to go back to glass half full the minnesota wild the team holding the spot can't win a hockey game and they did creep a little bit closer tonight to a playoff spot all right more of your calls after the 10 30 news when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who's more post-game reaction from both dressing rooms in a shootout? The Coyotes step past the Oilers 3-2. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, courtesy Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live.
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Goligoski kicks it back and Galchenyuk streaks in. He's wide open. Heading to the net. A wrist shot and a save made by Koskinen as Cave and Gagne neither move toward Galchenyuk. But Koskinen is able to clean up the mistake. Pretty good night for Miko Koskinen between the pipes. That's his save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. That was the one in overtime, Rob. And that looked like it might be a okay scoring chance, but all of a sudden it became a lot more dangerous than it looked like at first. Well, there were a lot of dangerous scoring chances in overtime. Well, the, it, it, it just becomes a track meeting. If you don't score in your chance, it's very quickly going back the other way in an odd man rush. Uh, the entertainment value in overtime is worth the price of admission. Uh, and the Edmonton Oilers I'm sure right now there, there's some people kicking themselves in the dressing room that they weren't able to capitalize on their chances in overtime because they absolutely dominated at times and should have had, you know, the game should have ended in overtime. Once you get into a, a, a shootout, then it's just a lot of the times it's luck of the draw. And unfortunately for the Oilers, they weren't able to get that lead that they needed or get that second goal that they needed in, in the shootout to send them, send everyone home happy. All right, so the Oilers' record on the season now, 24-29-6. and six. They are 0-5-1 in their last six at home, 1-8-3 in their last 12 games overall. Very tough run, obviously, for the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, we have John on the line. John, thanks a lot for calling. Uh, how's it going, fellas? Pretty good. So I, have, I was very, very bored at work today, and I looked this up. I think this has got to be a record for the Oilers. Uh, I'm going to give you guys some guesses, too. How many players do you think the Oilers have dressed this year that were either waived by them, waived by another team, or have had AHL games this year? Oh, too many? I don't know, 12? This is insane. Uh, Including Stolars, who will almost certainly get playing time this year, it's 19. Seriously? Really? I'll lift it off for you. Ty Ratty, who was waived. Yeah. Uh, Puyarvi, Yamamoto, Gagne, Marodi, Cave, Manning, Garrison, Curry, Jones, Spooner, Gravel, Gambardella, Russell, Malone, Wyden, Zykov, and Stolarz. Like, that's a full AHL team. <laughs> Uh, how, uh, how many? Uh, how many were just on waivers at one point? Uh, that was the Ratty. Yeah. Ratty and Garrison didn't play in the AHL. I don't think. Right. He just got waived by Chicago. Um, Manning hasn't had any game time yet. Right. Uh, Zykov didn't play in the AHL. He got picked up by Vegas. But he was waived. He was waived. Uh, Weidman was traded to Florida, but he's now down in the AHL. Um, yeah, and on that list, I count two and a half NHL players and Jones, who will be a future NHL player. Well, that's what Rob and I said the other night after the game. You have you have the big three up front. You only had the big two today. Mm-hmm. And then the other nine or ten forwards, depending on which game you're looking at, are either NHL fourth liners or AHL, NHL tweeners, or AHL players. Exactly. And, that's why, and that's why after the road trip, Rob and I said, we don't question the effort. 
against no, exactly. Carolina or the, or the Islanders. Like that's that's the the talent level. This is well, how good they are. Well, we saw it time and time again. Some of the Oilers, second, third, and fourth liners today with glorious scoring opportunities, but not able to capitalize because they're not goal scorers in the National Hockey League. Exactly. Uh, you like the fact they're getting chances. You like the fact that their effort's there. And I thought defensively, uh, a number of players stepped up and played well tonight as the game went on. But sometimes you're asking players to do too much. And I think at times the Oilers this year have asked players and have put players in certain situations that they're probably not equipped to play at. And that's why the Oilers are where they are in the standings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They... I mean, I mean... Oh, sorry. Well, I remember like early in the season, uh, there was a scout here that I know, and I said, what do, you, what do you think of the Oilers? He said, well, they don't have enough skill, and they actually have less skill than they did. That was probably, that was probably mid-November when they were still doing kind of okay. Well, they got less skill than they had last year. They got way less skill than they had the year before. Yeah. It, it, yeah, they've gone in the wrong. They're trending in the wrong way when it comes to in the skill department. All right, John, we're going to finish the play with you. We'd like to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental to Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Takes it at center with some speed. Comes in over the blue line between circles. Loads up. Drysital in the shootout. Did he get the Oilers' only shootout goal tonight? Now, i got to say, I've been trying to kick the habit, and I tried not to watch the third, but I did watch the shootout, and he did score. Takes it at center with some speed, comes in over the blue line, between circles, loads up, fires, scores! All right, John's going into the grand prize draw to fast track indoor karting. Good stuff. Let's go back down to the Oilers' dressing room. He had a shootout attempt tonight, wasn't able to score, courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's Sam Gagne. You know, he's not a... Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a he's a fantastic teammate and great guy and, you know, every, uh, gets along with everybody really well and he's kind of a... Um, you know, he, he leads in his in his own way, and he does a lot of uh, really important things uh, for this team. And um, you know, obviously, I haven't been here the last number of years, but even when I was here, you know, he, he's asked to do a lot of the tough jobs and just continues to go out and do his job. The goal is scores tonight. Uh, you know, he's had some tough years here, right? He's been here a long time. He hasn't had a lot of success, mm-hmm. and, and you're playing the game tonight, and there's way out of the playoffs. And mm-hmm. 11 seconds left, he's working it like crazy, yeah, yeah. and bangs one in, sort of. He doesn't seem like he just keeps fighting. Um, yeah, he's just one of those guys. He just never complains. Just comes and does his job and continues to work and get better. And he's very underappreciated. But um, you know, it's definitely uh, that was a huge goal for us tonight. It's unfortunate we were able to close it out. We had a lot of chances in OT. Could have ended it. And, but you know what? Um, it's nice to get a point and uh, something to build off of. And you just got to find uh, anything to kind of uh, get some positive momentum and. You know, hopefully battling back to get a point is that that for us and uh, keep fighting here. Sam, so uh, Ken Hitchcock today said uh, earlier that the team was playing the right way. They just weren't getting the results. Uh, in your short time of being here in, in the last couple of the games, do you see that the team is playing the right way and the results just haven't been there in the win column? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought in Brooklyn we did a lot of good things. Um, and then tonight... Uh, um, you know, there were some times where they took the, the game to us a little bit, but um, you know, we fought, we fought, and found a way to salvage a point. And uh, you know, we continue to push forward. And you know, down the stretch here, we're gonna have games where maybe we don't deserve to win, and we do. So you just gotta keep fighting for points, and uh, you never know what happens at the end of the day. 
All right, that is Sam Gagne as the Oilers fall 3-2 in a shootout to the Arizona Coyotes. If you missed this one, scoreless after the first. The Coyotes dominated the second period, went up 1-0 on a goal by Archibald. Adam Larson early in the third. The Oilers then had a 5-on-3 for a minute 15 of the chance to go ahead, did not score. Hinestroza made it 2-1, Coyotes with 9.23 left. Nugent Hopkins ties it with Koskinen pulled with 11 seconds to go. The shootout went four rounds, and Hinestroza gets the game-deciding goal. Rob, let's just go into that 5-on-3 a little deeper. Their best chance was the dry settle one-timer mm-hmm. on the cross triangle pass from Nugent Hopkins, but you said you didn't like a few things about that five-on-three. Well, I, I liked where Nugent Hopkins was and where, where Leon was. Nuge wasn't going to shoot from there. He's looking either to set up Nurse for a one-timer or more obviously he was trying to set up Leon for the one-timer, and he got it right across. It was a great shot. What I didn't like was when Leon had the puck on his side, so he's on his offside, he's got... He wants to go back door to Sam Gagne. That's what he wants to do. But Sam Gagne was about 15 feet away from the post, away from the net, and he was below the goal line. His feet were below the goal line. So if Leon gets the pass to him, it allows he's, he's not going to be able to put a puck on net, and it allows the goaltender to move and get in the right position. It allows the defending players to turn and get into the right spot. And I, I just, it just wasn't where he needed to be. He needed to be in a... Every play, when someone's got the puck, the other four guys have to be shooting options. So when Leon has the puck, the other four guys, if he passes to any of those four guys, they got to be a shooting option. Now the defenders can try to take some of those options away. If they do, there's still going to be someone wide open. They have, there's four shooters, three guys defending. Now you find the guy that's open, you get the puck, and he can shoot it. But when Sam's standing way back where he was... He's not a shooting option anymore. So now the defenders can say, okay, forget about him. We don't have to worry about him. If he gets the puck, we're going to be able to readjust. And I think it just took away from their their five-on-three. An incredibly important part of the game. Hitch called a timeout. He understood the importance of that, that minute 16 or minute 20 or whatever it was. And when Arizona killed it off, they gained some momentum. And right after that, they were able to score the goal to take the lead. But a, a golden opportunity for the Oilers to get a lead in a game. And as Hitch said, his teams are tired of chasing. Yep. It would be nice to have a game where they're in the lead and someone is chasing them. I, I thought there was a moment, too, on the five-on-three. Drysettle retrieved the puck down in the right-wing corner, and Gagne was where you were saying. Mm-hmm. Chase on had backed up to between the hash marks. Nurse was on the point, and then Nugent Hopkins was on the high circle. And I thought, well, you can't put the puck to the net. <laughs> or even if you get, or even if you fired to chase on for a quick shot, there's no one there for the rebound. Well, you, you, that's you need guys hanging around the net, and that's again, if Sam's closer, where and then he could jump in, and, and it changes wherever the player is. If the player's down, where if he's picking the puck up in the corner, well. Find a different area to be in. And as you move, you start moving into the areas or the, the positions that you want to be in. Now, having said all this, this is a five-on-three. The Oilers have never practiced here this year because they normally have Connor McDavid and Sam Gagne. This is only his second game here. They did have a short chalk talk uh, on the whiteboard just before they went out for the for the five-on-three. But you, you've got to... Everybody that doesn't have the puck has to be prepared to shoot the puck if it comes to them. They've got to be in a shooting area and ready to shoot the puck and they weren't. 3-2 Arizona over Edmonton in a shootout. We'll get to Greg on the open line when we get back. You'll also hear from the winning goaltender, Darcy Kemper. We are live in Studio 99. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. 
This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. 3-2 Coyotes over Oilers in a shootout. Larson gets his third. Nugent Hopkins is 19th for the Oilers. Two assists for Leon Dreisaitl. He has 71 points. Connor McDavid didn't play because of an illness. Miko Koskinen makes 33 saves in regulation and overtime. He was beaten on two of four shots in a shootout. Man, did he just lose his balance on that Galchenyuk play? <laughs> well, if you watch, I was watching with my son the, the basketball NBA All-Star game the other day, and my son used to, when we played against, he said, you'd break my ankles. He would make a move where all of a sudden both my ankles would just break and I'd fall down. And that's what it looked like on that. The move was just so good. I think it looked like Koskinen thought he was going to shoot, and he, and he got his skate stuck into the ice, and then when he kept moving... His skates were stuck, and he just fell backwards. He almost made the save. He actually got a piece of it before the puck went into the net. It was a great move. Both goals that went in were great moves uh, by the Coyotes. Uh, and you had to have a great move tonight against Goskin. The way he played, he seemed like he was on his game. And if it wasn't for him early, the this could have been a game that could have got away from the others, especially in the first, or excuse me, in the second period. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Greg to the show. Hey, Greg, go ahead. Hey, guys, I just got a quick question. Who is the backup goalie tonight for the Oilers? Anthony Stellars, the guy that got from okay. Philly for Talbot. Yep. Um, the other thing I want to say, that pass by Leon, oh, my gosh, that was a great pass. But um, anyway, I just want to talk about the 5-on-3. I know you guys have talked about that, but I was watching that, and it was so frustrating. They're standing still almost the entire time. They need to move their feet and, and create lanes to shoot and not just stand there and, and pass because – all Arizona had to do was do their little triangle and not move, basically. And, and it's frustrating because the Oilers' power play was like that last year, like that this year. And if our power play was any good, we'd probably be a lot higher in the standings. Well, yeah, I mean, there, I've seen five and threes where they don't move at all, but they move the puck quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and as long as something's moving to make the penalty killers have to move their feet and tire out. But it was funny, the... the they, they had a couple, about 20 seconds or 30 seconds in the offensive zone. Arizona dumped the puck out, and then the Oilers brought it back. Arizona didn't change because the Oilers, as you're saying, weren't moving. They weren't moving the puck fast enough, and the killers on a five-on-three weren't tired enough to go change and leave the ice. That shows you what your power play was doing because normally on a five-on-three, you're racing off the ice because you're exhausted and you need new guys out there so uh, it was a it was a great opportunity for the Oilers to win this hockey game if they score in the five on three and all of a sudden an Arizona team that doesn't score a lot now they're chasing and the Oilers didn't put the puck in the net and I I, I think the fact that they had a different five on three that they're used to without a Connor McDavid and with a, the addition of a Sam Gagne not having played with these guys I think that might have put a little bit of confusion or a little bit of uh, not knowing into where the players should be or where they should be set up. All right, back down to the Arizona dressing room. The winning goaltender, Darcy Kemper, courtesy BDO, first call debt solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, license insolvency trustees. Darcy, this was this was two points you had to have here tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely a big game. Uh, we're trying to separate ourselves from them in the standings, and uh, to get two is, uh, like you said, it, it's, it was almost a must-have. How, uh, how did that late goal not break the back of this team? You guys 
and battle through so many things, but that was a tough one. Yeah, they uh, they definitely pushed us there, there and tied it up late, but uh, uh, I think we just, uh, the urgency of, of the game uh, allowed us to easily reset and have a good overtime and then a uh, big shootout there. Can't let that five on three kill go between the cracks here tonight. That was a turning point, wasn't it? Yeah, that could have, uh, could have, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huge kill. Um, uh, kind of gave us momentum. They were they were having a lot of pressure there, so to kill that kind of uh, allowed us to kind of get our feet back under us and get back to our game. Carson, can you give us a sense of what's going through your mind as the shootout continues and escalates and the pressure, you know, ramps up with each shot that either goes in or doesn't? I uh, I don't know. Just. Uh, uh, Good habits. Uh, try to try to keep good depth and uh, make them make the first move and uh, focus on that and not the situation. Well, goaltended game at both ends. Arizona beating Edmonton three two in a shootout. Miko Koskinen, you remember this, Rob? Started seven and zero at Rogers Place. Since then, he's one six and one. This was he played well tonight. No, this one wasn't on Koskinen. Uh, there's been games he hasn't been as strong, but tonight he is one of the reasons, and probably the second biggest reason, mind Leon Drysdale, that the others were able to get a point. Face-off trivia was won by Jordan, so his name goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card brought to you by Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit AlpineCredits.ca. Josh Curry in the lineup for the Oilers tonight. What did he wind up playing, by the way? Didn't play a lot in the third period. Played 525 total. He wore number 43. Name the other two Oilers in franchise history to have worn number 43. Well, one's very easy because he's my hero. I grew up watching him, uh, Jason Strudwick. Um, you, what? And, <laughs> you grew up watching Strudwick? Yeah, I was a big fan as a kid. I watched him play in Kamloops and then <laughs> as he went on to his pro career. And then the other one, and the only reason I heard this because I overheard you and Bob talking, and, and it's a guy that I actually played with. Uh, I believe you said it was Dennis Bonvey. Dennis Bonvey is absolutely correct. I did not know that. Jordan I, knew that. I did play with him. I played with him in Pittsburgh. He was tough. Dennis Bonvey was very, very tough. All right, you can always get more on 630Ched.com. The Oilers 24-29 and 6 on the season. Their tough goal continues 1-8-3 in their last 12. They are six points out of a playoff spot with a lot of teams to pass. They're back at it against the New York Islanders on Thursday. We'll see if Connor McDavid is able to go practice tomorrow at 11.30, so keep it on 6.30. Chad Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. He'll have the latest 5.30 face-off show, by the way, on Thursday. Game at 7 against the Islanders. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at the 6.30 Chad Broadcasting Compound. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Reed Wilkins, or on behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.